I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Live from Pineapple Public Radio, this is Stacy Payton. And I'm John Flynn. John, this is a year where we've had to avoid being close to each other for nearly 10 months. But let's rewind. How have people been coping during this difficult time? Stacy, this question has been on my mind as well. And today, we're going to look where we look whenever we need to figure out what to do whenever we need to clean up a mess. Where's that, John? The black community, Stacy. In this PPR special report, we're gonna look back at some of the most important celebrations in black America. We know what these gatherings are, from Freaknik to the Kentucky Derby to the Second Lines, but what is it really like to experience these celebrations? We'll bring you more after the break. This is PPR. Beyonce, you look like Luther Vandross. Oh, but make it fashion. But you ain't heard that from me. Fierce. Come. Can't stop. You see, when you do <laughs> clownery, the clown comes back I to bite. I ain't no sleep because of y'all. It's Britney, bitch. Y'all not gonna get we no sleep because of me. Tiffany, but I ain't gonna I don't know what you're doing. Who said that? Welcome to Back Issue. A weekly podcast that revisits formative moments in pop culture that we still think about. Tracy, remember when we were able to be together in person? I know, this sounds like another one of your fever dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I promise it was true. (laughs) I do, I do remember when we used to go outside and go to parties and stuff. That's what we're going to talk about on this episode. The party! The party. Welcome to Atlanta, Hot 97.5, the station where hip-hop lives. It's Freak Day! 
Hey. I'm actually from Kentucky, so Ooh. we were raised that the bigger the hat, it brings, you know, the more luck. That oh, had, this so. is good. Yeah. And is there anything that's off limits when it comes to the Kentucky Derby? You know what? Not really, because it depends. I've seen from formal wear mm -hmm. to cocktail attire to summer dresses, so it kind of, like, depends on where you're going. Oh. Mine was a, it was a spirit movement. That's right. It was a movement. See that's what I'm right. saying? It was a movement in our life and our time. Not just civil rights time. That's all we had. That's right. It, that spirit movement, and that's what I still go off today, because when a man blew an instrument, he coming from his inside. Each week, we'll go back into the past to revisit unforgettable moments we all think we remember. And learn what they can teach us about where we are now. I don't know what day it is, but I'm pretty sure I'm Tracy Clayton. And I don't know where I am, but I'm pretty sure I'm Josh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy. <sighs> Josh. I'm... Tired. <laughs> I don't think I've ever meant that word more than I mean it right now. Are you like Negro spiritual tired? Options are few. <laughs> I mean, I'm inclined to say that maybe you can rest now that we're almost at the end of our first season, but I got a feeling <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, you know me so well. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, fair point. We do still have one more episode to go after this one. One more. But. I got a question. What's up? What in particular are you tired of? Everything. <laughs> same. Okay. All right. Me too. Glad we're on the same page. <laughs> okay. But what I think I'm most tired of is <sighs> all of these facsimile versions of us getting together, mm -hmm. I think I've reached my limit. I think I've reached my limit on Zoom. I think I've reached my limit on Clubhouse. I think I've reached my limit on Twitter. <laughs> like, it's not the same. I miss being with people. I miss dancing. I miss laughing. I miss touch. I miss so much. Mm -hmm. Do you know what's very confusing to me? What? So do I. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I'm not that type of person. But I mean, I, I do miss people and like looking at them and being able to cuss them out in person. It hit different. Yeah. So you can see my angry face and know that I mean it. In person. Right. No emoji. <laughs> you know what, though? I feel like a thing that could help us through this moment is to have not a funeral per se. Come on, funeral. But a celebration of life. Okay. For all of the times that we miss, everybody's grieving right now, mm -hmm. and a ceremony might help us through that grief. Okay, I'm on board. Celebration of life, the trumpet sounded, I'm there. <laughs> but later in this episode, I think we should talk to Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford of Therapy for Black Girls just check in. Anytime we can talk to a therapist about anything, I think that we should just go with that feeling. You know, because I'm like, am I okay right now? I'm and not you're not. Sure. None of us are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. So it'll be good to talk to her. And also, I think when we talk about gathering in space, I think of Louisiana. I think of Second Lines and Mardi Gras. Ooh. And I think we should talk to Mariah Moore, who works at the Transgender Law Center down there. And we shared a very special memory that I hold dear to my heart when I think of gathering in space, Ooh. when I think of Black people coming together. Uh-huh. I'm excited because I have never witnessed a second line. Uh, Isn't that a travesty? But before Dr. Joy, before Mariah, mm -hmm. I think I know where we should start this episode. Where should we start this episode? So I'm a little bit inspired right now. We're all locked in the house. Netflix mm -hmm. added a bunch of what you call classics to its lineup. Okay. One of them is Sister Sister. 
and I was watching one of my favorite episodes. Uh-huh. Do you know which episode I'm talking about? Um, If it's not the one where they straighten their hair for the first time. And they sing In Vogue in the Mirror? Oh, yes! I love that. I love that episode. <laughs> that episode is a close second. But my mm-hmm. favorite episode of Sister, Sister is the one where they go to Freaknik. Look, you can't go to Freaknik without a car. The party's on the streets, and I want to be a part of the gridlock. Oh, don't worry. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang will be causing the gridlock. <laughs> you got jokes for the car, huh? Uh, I used to love that episode because I just knew that I was going to have the same experience. Right. I don't even know if I knew what Freaknik was all the way. Same. I just knew that when you become of age as a mm-hmm. black girl, you go mm-hmm. to Freaknik and you return a black woman. Ooh! <laughs> and probably pregnant. <laughs> Come on, black rites of passage. <laughs> it was just so black and so mm-hmm. fun. And it was the space to be free and to show out and to hang out of a window. And <laughs> whenever I thought about like what spring break would be, like MTV always had these big spring break specials. I used to love those white ass specials. But this was the time where I was like, oh, there's a black one too? Mm. I want to go to that one. Yes. So, just to go back a little bit in time, (laughs) Freaknik started off as a spring break celebration in Atlanta, 1983, and it grew from there to be one of the biggest, most legendary, most historied black celebrations in America. It feels strange to miss an event that you never got to go to. Right. I was a whole year old in 1983 when Freaknik started. But, like, the fact that I never got to go to Freaknik is, like, one of the greatest tragedies in my young, dramatic life. Yeah. I was really sad about it. I'm still sad about it. But now I'm also sad on another level because we can't go outside and do anything. Anything. Just the idea that once upon a time, black people could go outside and be in the same place and just be black together and happy for the most part. I mean, it's always people who act up, you know? Right, I mean, right. we're, we're humans. Like, I can't believe that that was a thing that happened. Yeah. I mean, 1983, I wasn't even thought of yet. You know but... what? That's cute. I'm glad you mentioned that in my face. Thanks. But the myth of Freaknik, what it represented is like what we're kind of circling around and mm-hmm. what we're kind of like subconsciously desiring. Yeah. It's like that thing that I talk about when it's like you've seen a home video so many times it feels like a memory. That's how I feel about Freaknik. Yeah, and your brain is like, oh, this really happened to us. But Mm -hmm. then you're like, no, it didn't. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. It's so strange how Freaknik seems to be a thing that all Black people know about, whether they were there or Mm -hmm. not. It was like a Southern thing, but like, remember, Lil' Kim even referenced it. Want a cheap chick? Better go down to Freaknik. You gotta hit me up. Buy this girl gifts, of course, yes. Speaking of Lil' Kim and Freak Nick slash Freak Neek, I feel like it's so appropriate because when I was younger, I didn't fully know what it was or what happened. I just knew that it was salacious. Right. And I knew that it was salacious because my older brother, who's eight years older than me, he would go with his friends every year. Mm -hmm. He always came back with a Freak Neek t-shirt. I did not even know, honestly, until today that it started off as a spring break thing Mm -hmm. because them motherfuckers wasn't in college. They wasn't in school. (laughs) (laughs) They just went. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I always thought it was just like this big pilgrimage that like the cool black people made and, you know, like 
like you were out, probably wearing like swimsuits or something. I don't know, doing stuff that my mama would be mad about because she was always mad at him when he came back from Freaknik. I think Freaknik represents to me what Black joy out loud in public looks like. Yeah. And whether it was actually that, the idea of that is almost more important. Mm, mm-hmm. You know what I just realized? What? You know how some people refer to all soft drinks or pops as Cokes? Yes. <laughs> I feel like I do the same thing with Freaknik. You know, okay. like even though things like the West Indian Day Parade up mm-hmm. here, you know, mm-hmm. that's not Freaknik, but I think of it as, oh, Northern Freaknik. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I love this. Everything is Freaknik. Everything is Freaknik. And for me, the closest that we had to Freaknik at home in Louisville was the Derby. Like the Kentucky Derby? Absolutely. With the big hats and the mint juleps and all that? Mm-hmm. And horses somewhere out there. <laughs> Wait, take me there. You want to go there? Let's go there. Take me to Derby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to Derby. Okay, so the Kentucky Derby is a horse race that happens in Louisville, Kentucky at Churchill Downs. First Saturday in May. Mm. And I think that as far as pop culture is concerned, like it's pop culture representation, it is a decadent weekend where people with money to lose on horses, they get all dressed up Mm -hmm. and they drink mint juleps and they go to this very pretty, very beautifully manicured racetrack. Mm -hmm. If you want to read up more on this version of the Kentucky Derby, there is an essay called The Kentucky Derby is Decadent and Depraved, written by Louisville native Hunter S. Thompson. He's describing the white derby? Absolutely he is. So that means that there's a white derby and there's a black derby. Oh, hell yeah, there he is. Hey, tell me about the black one. (laughs) Okay, so the black derby is the version of Freaknik. We don't really care much about the horses. The black folks are in the West End having barbecues as far as the eye could see before the police Mm. came and shut it down. I mean, it was just like a reason to like be out. Mm. We weren't like walking up and down the streets going, yeah, such and such horse won. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We didn't give a shit. We didn't give a shit. (laughs) Black Derby is basically strictly for black joy. Having your derby outfit, it was like a thing. Like, you know how, like, some people, like, will start planning for their birthday in January, even though their birthday's not until August. I gotta get me a birthday outfit. Mm -hmm. Same shit with derby. Derby, for me, it was about blackness, but it was, I think, more so than that, it was about being a black Louisvillian. Because, like, Louisville is such a segregated city, and I've always known that. But, like, there's no better portrait of its segregation than Derby. Because it means something totally different for black people and for white people. And this weekend was just, like, a time to just be out in the streets in West Louisville, from West Louisville. And we're here because of West Louisville, basically, right? And so, for me, it was a moment of pride to be able to physically be in the center of so much joy. And it was joyous. Louisville, being in Kentucky, like nobody was talking about that shit on TV and like the pop culture that I was like watching or whatever. We didn't get shouted out in songs for real. Aside from Master P, uh, he does shout out Louisville in that song. (laughs) Yes. But this weekend was when people, not only from Louisville, but people from Cincinnati and Indianapolis, 
and Atlanta and Chicago and people with different accents than ours, you know, like to see them spending money renting these big ass cars to come to Louisville and be seen and to be a part of what we had going on, it just felt so fucking good. Like Louisville's birthday. Yeah, like Louisville's birthday. It's just like, see, we lit too. Come on down here and uh, turn up one time. I love that there's this weekend where everyone gets to celebrate being black in Louisville. Black and seen in Louisville. Black and seen in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have it this year? Kind of. So the actual race itself, they postponed it because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And when the race finally happened, like people were there, they were in the stands. I don't remember seeing a whole bunch of masks mm-hmm. or whatever. But that part happened. But the black derby portion, like that unfortunately was all but ended years ago by the city, by police, by by whomsoever. So black derby got shut down? Yep. R.I.P. Wow. to black people having fun in public. I feel like this <laughs> happens a lot with black celebrations. Mm-hmm. It's it's what happened to Freaknik when all eyes were on Atlanta because of the Olympics. Wait, for real? That's why I got shut down? Yeah, that's what some people say. I think that there's something really, really beautiful about the idea of this dedicated space for us to, like, be our full selves out loud in public to gather to grieve Mm -hmm. it feels cathartic like it feels like a place where we process happiness and process joy but also process trauma Mm -hmm. yeah you just like get together and just like let it all out whatever the it is you know it reminds me of this one moment that i will never forget ever Ooh, what was it what was it Okay, so the year's 2018. Mm -hmm. I was in New Orleans for work, and Aretha Franklin had just passed away. Mm, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. I had just met Mariah Moore, who was showing me around the city, right? Mm -hmm. New Orleans is my favorite city in America. Mine too. I love New Orleans. There's this, like... It's magic. It's it's magic. It's a magical place. There's something so familiar and so just innately comfortable there, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so Mariah was nice enough to show me around the city. Mm. She showed me around Treme, which is the oldest black neighborhood in the United States. Treme is like this place that plays a central part in black American art and the formation of jazz. Mm -hmm. And when we were down there, she was like, Josh, I think there's about to be a second line for Aretha Franklin. Oh my God. Do you want to go? And I have never said yes so fast in my entire life. Okay, wait, pause. So, I'm pretty sure I know what a second line is. Mm -hmm. But on behalf of people listening who may not, see, Mm -hmm. I'm not asking for me. (laughs) (laughs) Define for me what a second line is. So instead of me, someone who's not from New Orleans, telling you what a second line is, Mm -hmm. maybe you can just hear from some of the people that I talked to down there and they can tell you for themselves. Mm, smart. You should have a podcast or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby. This is what Formation Mother, a.k.a. Dusty Mother, a.k.a. Stephanie, y'all already know. Y'all already know 
What is a second line? A second line is a big free party in New Orleans that you get together and you do whatever you want to do. My name is Aisha Davis, and we at the second line, which is a New Orleans tradition where the beat hits you and you move your feet. Okay, well, my name is Courtney. We are in the Treme area, and the second line is just like it celebrates life, even though, you know, it originated from the day, like jazz funerals and all that, but it celebrates life, and it's just like a, a parade with a brass band. It's been in the Treme area. The Treme area is like historic with the Congos and stuff, and then a band, and then it just kept on from Africa. It just, just kept on going. And basically, it's just like a celebration. That's all it is with the bands, the trombones, the tubas, the... um drums and it's historical you enjoy yourself you celebrate for dead the living my name is taisha and i'm from new orleans born and raised all 32 years a second line to me is a gathering of beautiful musicians coming together with a wonderful community of people making a musical celebration you do what you want on that sunday morning in paul you're me in new orleans okay it goes down in new orleans Okay. Second line started in the 1800s, but are linked back to our West African ancestors. And when they were brought here in bondage against their will, on Sundays, which was a free day for the enslaved, they used to meet at Congo Square and form these circles as they did back in West Africa. Tracy, the last voice that you heard, that's my friend Mariah that I've been telling you about. And I love the way that she describes the second line. Mm -hmm. She said folks would sing, they would dance, they would use their physical bodies and the physical space around them in order to connect with each other, the earth, and their ancestors. That, aside from the slavery part, is beautiful, and I love it. (laughs) You're right. But (laughs) just like Freaknik, just like Black Derby... Whenever we gather in mass, our collective emotions are seen as a threat. They were eventually banned because the white man thought that they posed a threat to them. The more things change, the more they stay (laughs) the same. Why does that sound familiar? Okay, exactly. But they kept going. Even through Jim Crow, Mm -hmm. they formed social aid and pleasure clubs, which were these networks that helped community out in times of need. They helped you when you were sick, or they helped you when a member of your family had passed. I didn't know that. Second lines for us today are entertainment and pleasure. It's where we come together. And a second line may start with 50 people, but it may end with 15,000 people. Because as you keep going, people just keep adding on. And you may, you know, meet people that you don't know or come from different backgrounds or socioeconomic status race, religion, identity. But in that moment, we're just all connecting through the joy of the sound of the band and the music and laughter or whatever cause we're supporting in that moment. I get it. I see it. I understand it. But my question is the emotion of a second line. Is it like dancing through the pain? Is it like crying and weeping and wailing as you're dancing you know what I mean like is it like a, a hodgepodge of all those emotions it's all of those emotions at the same time mm. like you're feeling joy you're feeling sadness you're feeling grief you're feeling happiness you're feeling connected you're feeling 
the space to process the emotions that you're having at that point. Mm, I see. And so I want to take you back to that day where me and Mariah had that experience at the second line. We started on North Claiborne Avenue, which is like a major street in New Orleans. Aretha Franklin had just passed, so there were hundreds of people. Journalists were there. Everyone knew it was about to go down. We saw the community just organically manifest. Everything just came together in physical space in the neighborhood of Treme, known for how much they like a second line. It's this tradition that folks learn really early. I remember there was this boy named Alvin. He was six years old. He brought his trombone. And I asked him what a second line was, too. What's a second line? Uh, it's starting when bands play and everybody else be coming in second line. Oh my gosh, I'm for real about to cry because I just can't. He sounds like my nephew and he just sounds so little and adorable. And he's just like, what you mean? It's a second line is when people be second lining. Duh. I bet there was no follow up, was there? <laughs> he was probably like, well, all right, sir, thank you and have a good day. <laughs> Kids just like get straight to the point, right? Mm-hmm. And he had his trombone with him. So wait, the trombone is like the real big one, right? Yeah. It had to be taller than him. Oh, it was. <laughs> And he was really nervous to play it. Can you play that right there? Uh-huh. Can you play me something right there? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do My period started a week early and I'm homesick. <laughs> it's just too cute. Oh, well, then you're definitely not going to like this next part. Oh, no. I saw exactly what happens when community is brought together. His family all reassured him. They all told him that they got him and that it was going to be okay. And they also told him that they needed him, too. I'm assuming that then just like the musical spirit leapt out of Lil Alvin, but did it help the pep talk? Yeah. Well, that and an old parenting trick. What is that? Threaten your kid with school. Give us a chance to get out and dance, step on. Okay, come on, let's go. go. Let's go get ready for school tomorrow. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Well, come along. <laughs> he said that quick. <laughs> so, when he was confronted with the choices, Alvin decided to lead us on our way. I'm going to play one thing, and it's going to be like, and then that's it. Okay, let's go get him. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go get him. Okay, let's go. 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 I was there, and I felt really lucky and really connected. It sounds like church. There has never been a trombone or a trumpet in the church that I grew up in, but it sounds and it feels like church. And it felt like church. Yeah. As we walked, and we danced, and we sweat, and we screamed, and we sang, 
and the children dance and people cheered them on. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking like, wow, I really needed this moment. I think I also needed this moment right here. And Tracy, that was in summer of 2018, which feels like a lifetime ago. So mm-hmm. I just remember it being such a moment where I felt connected to blackness and community. Mm-hmm. So I thought with everything that's happened, what's it like for Mariah now in New Orleans? A place where folks lean so heavily on the ability to lean on each other, you know? And all of a sudden, outside is closed and connection is shut down. This was really hard for us because we are such a social group of people. Like, I can walk out of my door and I will have a conversation with a random stranger who's walking by. Like, I've known them all my life, but, but that's just who we are. When I meet people, I hug them and, you know, we embrace and... So it's really been difficult for us. And I think that our people thrive off of that interaction with others. Mm. You know, something that I did not think about is how outside being closed impacts Black people in different parts of the country. Because, you know, up here, you get used to not speaking to somebody that you don't know. But at home, you walk past somebody... Well, let me personalize it. If I walk past somebody and... They don't speak. I'm just like, what the fuck is your problem? Okay. You're having a terrible day. You know what I mean? Exactly. And just like that innate, like, just the inclination to just reach out and say hi and to speak. And touch your neighbor. And just say neighbor. Let them know that you're there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow, that must be, that must be super hard to deal with down there. And it's just really ironic to me that in this time where we could use a place mm. to put all of our emotions, where we could use a place to process our grief, it's like, mm-hmm. wouldn't now be a great time to have a second line, you know? <sighs> Tracy, the thing I love about second lines is that they're this place of contradiction, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. about death. It's about life. It's about mm-hmm. sadness. It's about joy. All of these things come together like a gumbo. Oh, I see what you did. (laughs) I'll allow it. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just hungry. But they all come together in this one place, you know, and you're able to laugh and dance and cry and sweat and just hug each other and celebrate in real ways that don't feel accessible right now. Mm, that's beautiful. I was going to say that I was really hyped to talk about Second Lines, but now I'm sad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Like, how do we gather now? What does it mean that we can't be in the same place and laugh together and hug each other and celebrate in real ways? Yeah. What does it mean that we don't have a place to process our feelings together? And what is it going to do to us in the long run? For real. Well, look, listen. Listen, mm-hmm. listen and look. I <laughs> say this several times a day, but we need therapy. Everybody needs therapy especially like right now of all times. We need to talk to somebody who has the answers or at least some insight to these questions because the idea of what happens when we can't get together and be happy and joyful together in a world where our joy often literally keeps us alive right. is scary. Mm. Yes. So we're not talking to my therapist because <laughs> top secret. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> I wish I would. I've never even uttered the name of my therapist to more than one person. You know, I think that's smart. But I think that there's someone else we can talk to. I think so, too. I think we should talk to the therapist for Black podcasters. Ooh, would that be the one and only Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford? Yes, from Therapy for Black Girls. 
Uh, and you know what a fan I am of black girls having therapy. Yes, me too. Wonderful. Me too. Like everybody's needs therapy. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk to her after the break. Let's do it. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest celebrity stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I think especially for black people, this idea of community and gathering is actually essential for a lot of us. You know, I mean, I think if we just think about our history, there's a lot of celebration and meaning making that comes from us being together. That's Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, host of the podcast Therapy for Black Girls. And now, even though my insurance won't accept it, unofficially the unauthorized therapist for back issue. She was so generous with her time as Tracy and I asked her about everything we've been feeling (laughs) and even though she can't legally give us medical advice, she was dropping gems about where to put our emotions when we don't feel like we have a place to. Mm. What life might be like once outside opens again and why if you're like me, you might have realized Zoom is exhausting. Oh my gosh. Spoiler, it's because there are people on Zoom. <laughs> they stress you. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what happens to our physical bodies when we are deprived of the ability to gather? So I think a lot of different things can happen. One thing that I have been thinking a lot about is what we call touch deprivation. Mm. So another word for this is skin hunger. What they first told us when the pandemic first started was, you know, don't touch anybody, right? right? Like no handshakes, no hugs, no any of that. Mm. And we really actually need touch to kind of, again, continue to grow as humans. And so when we don't have that, in large part because of something like a pandemic, then you can see things like increases in anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Um, And when our stress levels do increase, that means that we are making more cortisol in our system, which then can lead to things like Mm -hmm. higher blood pressure, heart rate increases, like those kinds of things. And so Mm -hmm. we don't always think about like how much a nice warm hug from somebody we haven't seen in a while or, you know, just even casually talking to someone, you know, when you're laughing and you touch them Mm -hmm. on the shoulder, even little things like that help to keep us connected. And so because we are really only maybe physically able to interact with people in our homes, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are struggling with stuff like touch deprivation right now. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I've ran into people that I know or something like maybe at the grocery store and there's always this weird moment <laughs> we're so used to either shaking hands fist bumping or hugging or whatever and like everyone's mm-hmm. like what do we do now and that's the part that I'm really worried about in terms of like coming out of this whatever that looks like I think that there will be a very awkward period of readjustment mm-hmm. about how to even interact with people mm-hmm. on large scale again oh, um, because for so long it has been kind of dangerous how to do how long so. can pass before I forget how to interact with people again because I feel like (laughs) I don't remember this being this hard. Like, I feel like I'm out Mm -hmm. of practice. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I I think that that is what a lot of our experience is going to be. So I don't necessarily know that there is a time limit in terms of like, okay, three months versus six (laughs) months. But I think a lot of us will be readjusting. Mm. Social norms even will be very different, Mm. right? So even if we are able to gather in masks again, will people continue to wear face masks Mm. even after we don't necessarily have Mm. to, right? I've heard a lot of people say, I'm Mm. never going back to life without a mask in public, you know? Mm. So I think the readjustment period will be something that will have to be given some thought i have never thought about any of this and now i'm like oh my god i have to learn again how to be in the world i feel worried (laughs) (laughs) i'm worried about you know what is going to happen to like us as humans and us as black humans what ways have you seen or noticed society and black folks adapting so that we can stay connected and to make sure that we don't lose so much ground? I also worry as this continues just about people's mental health in general, mm-hmm. but I have also mm-hmm. been really encouraged and moved by the ways I've seen community really transform to look in different ways right mm-hmm. now, right? So I think mm-hmm. even if we think about like the versus battles yeah, that sprung up those. really early. Early, yeah. or DJ mm-hmm. Nice spinning mm-hmm. on Instagram, like I think that that is what we as Black people do is kind of like figure out a way mm-hmm. yeah. to like continue to create community even when we cannot gather physically. And so I think mm-hmm. leaning on the ideas of how creative people have been with Zoom baby showers mm-hmm. and Zoom weddings and <laughs> scavenger hunts and drive-by graduations, yes, we mm-hmm. had to kind of figure 
that out on a whim. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want people to think that they are not also still incredibly meaningful. So even though the memories might not look like what we thought they might look like right now, mm-hmm. they can still be mm-hmm. significant nonetheless. Streaming and the Internet means that like you can participate and consume what you want when you want. And there's not like appointment mm-hmm. television, as Josh will call it. Should we be intentional about, OK, let me go ahead and watch this Brandy and Monica thing just so I can like be among my people online, if nothing else? Like, is that a thing we should be intentional about? Would it help us to do? Yeah, I think that it would if it feels like a good fit for you. If you have the kind of cultural context to kind of be able to tap in and understand the nuance of what's happening, then I think it is good if you can to try to participate in those moments because I think even just briefly, you forget that the world is on fire outside. When you hear people say, Mm -hmm. try to stay connected to your joy as much as possible and find Mm -hmm. little moments of hope and gratitude when you can, Mm -hmm. those are the kinds Mm -hmm. of things that we're talking about because we know that this is going to continue to be tough, um, especially Mm -hmm. as we're moving into the colder months and because holidays are going to look so different. You know, so I've talked a lot about how so much of this year has really just been one huge lesson in grief. So, you know, Mm. it's the grief of loved ones that we've lost, but also just the grief related to the loss of normalcy, our way of life. I mean, there's just a lot Mm -hmm. that we've lost this year. I am already kind of bracing for what will be a very difficult holiday season. I think it is going to be important to think about what small joys and laughs and fun you can build into your schedule to try to combat some of the difficulty of the winter. I think I've been thinking about Mm. that because when thinking about gathering, one of the things that I think about is second lines and how those are Mm. a space for grief. And so it's like, we are grieving mm-hmm. our lack of space for grief. I'm thinking about all the people whose funerals yes. have changed or not mm-hmm. happened, you know? And what do we do with with emotions that we don't have places to put anymore? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're so right about that, Josh. And, you know, I think, again, as Black people, there's a large kind of ceremony that goes with, like, our burial processes yeah. typically, right? Like, family comes mm-hmm. from all over the place, and there's a big eating usually somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. that kind of helps with the closure process after a loved one has passed. And so we have not been able to have that. And so I think for a lot of people, um, that's why the grief probably still feels really raw, mm-hmm. because you've not been able to kind of make sense of that loss in the ways that we might be able to historically. And so I think when we have difficult emotions, because emotions are not bad or good, they just are difficult and some easier. Mm -hmm. Um, When we have difficult emotions like anger and grief, we often want to run away from them, right? Because they don't feel comfortable. They don't, they're not easy usually to tolerate. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important Mm -hmm. to really just allow yourself Mm -hmm. to feel it. If you allow it to kind of run its course, it eventually will. You know, I think we Mm -hmm. get afraid of feeling like, oh, the, the, emotion is going to overtake me, but it's not going to overtake you if you can kind of ride the wave long enough to allow it to then come down. Yeah. One of the most important things I have learned is that an emotion or a feeling cannot kill you. Yes. In the midst of it, it feels like it's killing you, like the grief, the sadness, the missing your mom, the missing your boyfriend, the missing going outside, whatever. It sucks. But if you're listening to this right now, no emotion has murdered you yet. It's such such a good reminder. So I'm so so glad. But that then you I have that. a question, and mm. I know you can't technically offer me medical advice, but 
<laughs> I get <But> that. <laughs> why am I so tired of these Zoom meetings? Like, why? Mm. What? What mm, is yeah. different about gathering in digital space or? via mm-hmm. a Zoom meeting that is so exhausting in a way that gathering in person was not. Yeah. So I just want to normalize that for you because I think lots of us feel that mm-hmm. way. And I think there are lots mm-hmm. of good reasons to feel that mm-hmm. way, right? So in addition to just kind of your schedule continuing to be packed when the world is kind of quite literally on fire, there are also mm-hmm. different sets of skills that you're using to connect in Zoom that you did not have to use mm-hmm. in person, right? So you're working harder to try to like make eye contact and to try to stay focused where in person you could kind of casually be playing on your phone but still like really attuned to a conversation mm-hmm. you're using a different set of skills now and you also don't have some of those nonverbal cues that you have in person that you're working harder to try to find in zoom so i think your concentration level is heightened when you're on a zoom mm-hmm. call But I also think just your bandwidth probably is much lower right now because you're dealing with how do I keep myself and my family safe. And so I think just our cup is probably much emptier, (laughs) but the the demands are increasing. And so I think that there are a lot of reasons why people are just increasingly more irritable, Mm -hmm. less focused, Mm -hmm. less motivated. And then you throw interacting digitally on top of it. So, yes, you're right. Even though I think we have been able to do some incredible things in terms of connecting digitally i also think it is tapping out our resources in a way that we hadn't expected so do you have any tips or tricks to be able to make it through this time in one piece (laughs) with you know all of our nerves intact oh i don't know if we can expect all of our nerves to be intact (laughs) i do think you know yeah exactly so that that would be the first one is right is to have realistic expectations about your bandwidth Mm. right now i think before this a lot of us wanted to kind of be on all the committees we wanted to go to all the happy hours want to do all Mm -hmm. the things and it feels like because you might be still home it feels like well of course i can jump on these 12 zooms like that's not a big deal right yes put this puzzle together and write a book and you know all of that and that's really just not realistic Mm -hmm. camera on when you get on the zoom right like do you really need to see my face and I also Mm. would really like to encourage any employers who are listening to really really be mindful about what your ideas of productivity need to look like right now because I think after the summer it felt like people were getting a little lax you know after like George Floyd got killed Mm. and there was you know all of the Mm. racial commentary Mm. people I think were a little more sensitive especially to what their black employees might be experiencing but you know black people came into this experience already with a long list of stressors Mm. that have not gone down Mm. since the summer people are tapped out and fried and so i think if you are in a position of power to be able to kind of lighten the load give people days off give people extra time for the holidays but still paid Mm -hmm. i think do that because i think a, a little bit of kindness goes a long way right now this is a public service announcement from my black ass. <laughs> um, wear your bonnet on these Zoom calls, y'all. Yes. Wear your bonnet because it really, really is a feat sometimes for you to just show right. up anyway. And just because you are working from home does not mean that you're not still in your home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just feel like my brain works the same in this bonnet. It don't matter. Where you bonnet? Girl, put your oh, bonnet yes! on. Yes. <laughs> Come on, shout out to Kareem, baby. Right. But that does bring up this question of 
how people are dealing with the fact that work is home and home is work and you're never leaving work. How do we deal with that? It's sad. So as much as possible, I think it is a good idea if you can. I know space can sometimes be limited, but if you can have a specific place that is work, Mm. if it's an office or the Mm -hmm. dining room table or whatever, Mm -hmm. then allow that to be the workspace and do your very best not to try to work from bed because that can impact your sleep. So when we are in bed doing other things besides sex and sleeping, your brain gets confused about what's supposed to be happening in bed. And so then it just Mm. thinks like oh it's a party time Mm. because we do everything (laughs) from bed right and so if you can have a boundary Mm. around your sleep space then that is a really good Mm. idea I've also been encouraging people to set alarms at the end of your workday so if you would have been promptly walking out of the office at 5 o'clock set an alarm to still leave the office at 5 o'clock so that Mm -hmm. work is not bleeding into your evening hours because that's a lot of what I've been hearing is that people will just look up and it's 7 o'clock and they haven't eaten they haven't done anything else right Um, and so you don't have some of those same cues that you had maybe when you were going into the office so you have to then impose some of those boundaries so that you can remind Mm -hmm. yourself like okay I can't just work all the time there's still other things I need to do Mm. Mm. do you hate zoom more now (laughs) absolutely Mm. okay (laughs) I was gonna say since you're a therapist do you just have like this superpower of just being like no I get it while it's happening I always think about therapists like in the same way that I think when I was little I thought about teachers where it's like of course your experience is better than mine of course I guess the older I've gotten the more I'm like oh you're a human being too Mm. we're all struggling you know like I'm praying my two little ones don't bust in this door at any moment in the middle of this podcast (laughs) recording right like we are all really just doing the very best that we can and so I think that in a lot of ways this has probably made some therapeutic relationships a little stronger Mm. because you're now able to see your therapist as more of a human Mm. than maybe you were when you were just in the office Amen. Mm-hmm. A thing that I've been seeing as far as like black people like gathering online again is like a lot of self-help sort of. And I will admit, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. You know, I don't know that this is the same as logging onto Zoom and doing like a breathing or meditation practice versus doing it in person, which I would have done. And I'm going to admit, I was just like, I'm not even going to try because it's so different and it's not the same. This conversation has inspired me to at least try or to at least think about what to do when we can't see Mm -hmm. each other because now we know that it's important and it's necessary so maybe the answer is trying and being open and giving yourself grace. Yes, yeah, because I think you 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 bring up an important point, Tracy, is that it's not necessarily going to be the same, but it can still mm. be meaningful, mm. right? So I think when you're mm-hmm. putting the pressure on something to be the same, then of course you're going to be disappointed, yeah. right? right? But you might even yeah. enjoy it more than you would have mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think taking that pressure of it having to be the same will probably mm-hmm. go very far for you. What do you think is the most important thing for people to take away from this conversation in terms of how to navigate this crazy ass time that we're in. Yes, I think it would be to work really hard on giving yourself grace. We are all just doing the very best that we can. There is no blueprint for how to survive a pandemic <laughs> with all your nerves intact. I think that you should expect that you might be down to your last two mm. by the time we get out of mm. this and that is okay. So being mm. gracious with yourself but also extending that grace to other people and I think it's important to remind people that a lot of us do a really good job of giving grace to other 
other people, but then are super critical of ourselves, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's important for you to be nice and kind and gentle with yourself the same way you would be your best friend, right? You wouldn't be like, girl, get up out that bed. You've been laying down for three days, right? You probably wouldn't say that Mm -hmm. to a best friend, but sometimes we say that to ourselves. And so I think it's important Mm -hmm. to remember to use that kind and gentle voice with yourself too. I swear it feels like I'm looking around like, is my therapist here? Because it's, she's always just like, be nice to yourself, be kind to yourself. And I'm just like, how is that always the answer? Well, it's not always the answer. answer, but it's a good place to start. Ooh. It Ooh. absolutely I see is. What you just did. It absolutely Thank is. you so much, Dr. Joy. I feel so much better. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't believe we all just got a free therapy session. This is amazing. <laughs> I will drop my cash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Josh, guess what? Yes, ma'am. It is time for us to embody the spirit of a one Tyra Banks, if you will. Um, And just do some reflecting, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, did we... Learn something from this! I learned a lot. What'd you learn? I mean, I learned that I really, 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 really miss people. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. But I do too. Ooh, girl, you in trouble. I know I don't like it. I'm about to bust your entire secret up. (laughs) <laughs> no, your secret's safe with me. Yay. <laughs> but isn't it crazy to miss things that would have annoyed you before? Absolutely. I don't like being around people. I can confirm this. But like if a celestial being came down in like a huge like bubble and was like, for the next 24 hours, COVID doesn't exist. You can go do mm. whatever you want to. I am Mm. out there. I'm going to put on my best whatever clothes Mm. that I can still fit after quarantine. I don't know. Get your freakum dress. Yes. You know? And just go out and be among humans. I I can't believe that I miss people. Isn't that crazy? But I will be forever grateful to Dr. Joy and her infinite wisdom. Oh, my gosh. And giving us all of these tools to make it until then. <laughs> you know? Seriously. Also, speaking of things that I learned, I learned that we need people to like live and survive and be okay. You know? Yeah. Which my brain is like, that sounds fake. And also yeah. like challenge accepted, motherfucker. <laughs> we'll see. But when she was talking about like um what was it, skin hunger? I was like, oh yeah, my skin gosh. Hunger. What oh a my gosh. Phrase. I know. If someone it doesn't sounds... have an album called Skin Hunger, they need one. That's a oh. new band. I was gonna say, let me put this in the calendar. Write a song <laughs> called Skin Hunger. Yes. I feel like Mariah and her beautiful description of what second lines are and what they mean mm. made me miss my old life, right? Like, oh. made me miss the ways in which we gathered, what Freaknik was, what Derby was, what. Mardi Gras and even like holidays are, you know, like where you're able to like see your family and that sort of thing. And Dr. Joy made me feel better because I do feel a little bit better equipped to deal with and process Mm -hmm. through how I'm feeling. Yeah. But I think that I'm still left with a bunch of like unresolved feelings in terms of everything isn't okay. And that's, it's not fine, but... Mm -hmm. It is kind of what it is. And so 
Mm. I think a lot of times I don't give myself enough credit in terms of like, you know me, Tracy. Like I love to get shit done. To a stressful degree. <laughs> to a stressful degree. To me too. <laughs> what do you think it feels like in here? I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but in the same way that completing a to-do list task would make me feel so much better like a year ago. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to take everything into consideration. I'm trying to take into consideration that I moved across the country, that yeah. I haven't seen friends and family for almost a year now, that my... Also, pardon me, you moved across the country during a pandemic. During a pandemic. political unrest and race wars. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I'm just doing so many things and the world is spinning and it's burning, mm-hmm. which I feel like should be enough right now. So are you trying to say that you're still here? Here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We Shout are. out to Tisha Campbell. Shout out here. to Campbell. Because that is a word, like, sometimes, like, that's it. That's enough. I know I'm in survival mode. I don't know about y'all. Right. But, like, this is why showing yourself grace is so important. Because we are living in a world and in a situation where it's so easy to feel lazy. It's yeah. so easy to feel mad at yourself because you didn't tick off anything on that to-do list. When right. there are so many reasons as to why you didn't. Right. So being able to say, you know what? I did not do everything that I wanted to do when I got out of bed today, but I got my black ass out of bed today. And that is something. Considering the weight that I'm carrying, considering how good my bed feels, are you kidding me? Do you know how I would love to just stay (laughs) horizontal until this is over? Right. But like, really, we need to reevaluate like our idea of productivity, just like Dr. Joy said. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's not just about how many things you cross off your to-do list. It's not about how much money you manage to make. It's about how you were able to survive the day. Being alive is pretty productive. Back Issue was a production of Pineapple Street Studios. This show was created and is hosted by Tracy Clayton and Josh Quinn. Our lead producers are Josh Quinn and Emmanuel Hapsis. Our managing producer is John Asante. Our senior editor is Leela Day. Our associate producers are Alexis Moore and Zandra Ellen. Our intern is Brianna Garrett. Special thanks to Gabrielle Young. Our executive producers are Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Okay, real quick, I have an apology to give out to maybe everybody. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I've been messing up Don Will's social handle, basically. Ooh, Don Will, the person that makes the music for this show. Yeah, the person that I've known for maybe 20 years now. <laughs> um, apologies to Don Will, who you can follow on the socials at Don Will without a DJ. Just Don Will. At Don Will. If you're following DJ Don Will, we don't know who he is. We don't know her. I'm not saying to unfollow, but just make sure that you do follow the actual Don Will as well. Just think about it. Just, just think about it. Consider it. <laughs> and while you're following people, you can follow me on the socials at Broken McPoverty. And I double checked. That is the correct handle. And I'm at Regarding Josh. Subscribe to this podcast wherever free podcasts are sold. And tell your friends about it. Give us a five-star rating. It really helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't this, like, us getting together every week? Isn't it like we're oh gathering? Isn't it like we're having a party? It is Let's like keep a it party. going. Let's keep the party.
party going. <laughs> so emotional. Ooh, y'all know what y'all should do? You should have a listening party over Zoom with y'all's friends, maybe. Yes. Oh, it's kind of like Freak Neek a little bit. Yeah, if you, you have any other ideas, it. tell us at yeah. Back Issue Podcast on Instagram. Yay. We'll see you next week. Bye. Keep them bonnets on. If Jesus says come as you are, why my bosses can't say that? Oh, what are y'all, Jesus now? Is that what? And if Jesus Christ had dreads, shake them. <laughs> <laughs> if you want smoke, if you want dance, if you want party, whatever, and it's legal. You do what you want on that Sunday morning in Paul. You know what I mean? In New Orleans. Okay. It goes down in New Orleans. <laughs>